Welcome to Beyond the Pod, presented by SodaStick.com. Brunette, he moves, Brunette back in, he scores! Minnesota has upset the Colorado Avalanche! Andrew Brunette, the game-winning goal! Here are your hosts, the second greatest scorer in Gopher hockey history, Pat Micheletti. And the second greatest hockey analyst on this podcast, Brandon Molesky. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Pod. Brandon Molesky along with Pat Micheletti. As always, it's brought to you by SodaStick.com. Hi, Patrick. Hello, Brandon. Uh, we only have a couple more of these. I think next week might be our last one leading up to the uh, regular season for the Minnesota Wild. Obviously, this is a uh, off-season podcast, and then you and I uh, will be doing a Wild fan line broadcast. So we uh, wanted to make it a little wild intensive today. And uh, analyst for Fox, I almost said Fox Sports North, Valley Sports North. <laughs> I do that all the time, too. Wes Walls is our guest now. Wes, uh, great to talk with you. I haven't seen you in a while. And uh, because we haven't chatted with you in a while, what's kind of been your overview of the entire wild offseason? Obviously, the uh, uh, Parisi Suter buyouts. Uh, you got, you know, free agency. Didn't really made, uh, make the trade splashes we thought they might make. Uh, do, you, do you think the wild improved this offseason or just kind of uh, maybe stayed where they were? Um, I mean, there's a lot of unknowns yet, right? I mean, when you turn over your defensive core uh, by 50%, uh, you're going to have three new players in there. We don't know exactly what we have yet. Um, obviously, Goligoski, we, we, he's played 900 games in the NHL. I, I like, I really like that move. I, I think I think he's a defenseman that can handle pace. And, and as you know, the game's getting faster and faster. Um, a guy that can that be a one-man breakout. Now we've got four defensemen that can be one-man breakouts. So there's not too many teams around the league that can do that. Kulikov has looked so good, guys, in the preseason games. Um, even last night's game, I thought he was – and I know St. Louis didn't bring <clears throat> all their players, but he looked great too. But um, <clears throat> a lot of unknowns. You, you know, can we get the same kind of goaltending we got last year from Cam Talbot? The young kids have stepped in, and, uh, you know, Billy Guerin and, and Dean Evison have said from day one, there's no jobs given to anyone. You've seen what Beckman has done. You've seen what Duhame has done. Um, Boldy's had a decent camp, not great camp, but you know, Marco Rossi might need a little more seasoning. So there's some, some decisions to be made, um, in that wild, uh, front office. So it's going to be exciting to see how it all turns out. You know, what it says to me, Wes, is, um, it's been a long time in this organization's history where you can say, God, you know, even if those guys end up getting sent down or however it shakes out, right. Is that, you know, you've got talent that you can bring up and that they can play you know it, it it's it's been a while since the organization has been this rich in young prospects well the cupboard's full the cupboard's yeah. full pat and even some of the kids i got first rounders i got sent back to the western hockey league ontario league that are going to play in the ushl i mean a lot of the, there's good players in this our system and that is only going to make everybody better. You know, um, it's going to push uh, the, the guys in the bottom half of the lineup to, to play. Um, you know, if you've seen what <clears throat> Duhame has done and, and, and Beckman with an overtime goal last night, I mean, that guy is just not going away. Yeah. And these guys, the, the part that I like the most um, is uh, they all play with so much enthusiasm and energy. Like, you know, they're, they're characters, they're characters too. And you need that through an 82 game schedule. Um, so, the future definitely is, is is bright. I like what these guys are bringing to the table. And, uh, um, you know, since Dean Evison has taken over this this team, uh, I mean, he, I think he got the last 12 games a year and a half ago. I think the Wilder 8 and 4 scored a ton of goals in those 12 games. 
the, the wild finished ninth in the NHL in scoring last year. So the brand of hockey that Dean Evison wants these guys to play is just up in your face and skate, skate, skate. And I think with these young kids, Pat and Brandon, the pace that they play with is going to, we're going to look like a faster team. We just are. I, I don't care how old they are. They're a little bit younger, going to make some mistakes for sure, but we're going to, we're going to be a faster team. And for me, I watched the last four teams every year in the playoffs. We watch it every year and we just marvel at how fast these teams are. Got to be fast to play in the NHL. Uh, let's talk about uh, specifically one of the young guys, uh, Adam Beckman, who's got four goals now. He had one last night, also got in a fight, uh, which uh, did not exactly go his way. Uh, I want to talk about the fighting aspect of this, Wes. I, I, I understand, like, the culture of hockey, and obviously you played professional, so you're going to be able to speak on this much better than I have. I haven't been in a locker room uh, in the NHL. But explain to me the culture in which a guy like Beckman feels like he needs to get in a fight uh, to kind of prove, hey, I want to be here, I want to be at this level, when he's a skill player. Obviously, he's been scoring some goals. I guess, uh, I, guess I just don't fully comprehend why – why he feels like he needs to risk his health um, at that stage when he's not, you know, he's, he's not going to, if he makes the NHL team, he's not going to be a fighter. Listen, I don't want to take 10 minutes of the 20 minute podcast talking about like why somebody should fight, why they shouldn't. Okay. Brandon, he's trying to make the team. Yep. It's simple. It's simple as that. Something yep. happened on the ice. Okay. He got punched in the nose. That's okay. Like, I don't, you know, I, I have no problem with that. I, I really don't. I don't, you know, I, do I like the stage fighting? Listen, nobody picked up more gloves in the NHL in my 15 in my 15 years than me. The first eight, five years of my career, I played with Chris Nyland and, and uh, Lynn. Oh my gosh. Okay, so nobody knew how to scoop up gloves better than me and watch guys get punched in the face. I hated it. I still don't like the stage fighting. I think it's garbage. It doesn't turn the tides anything. But I do not want I do not want fighting taken out of the game. That's my opinion because there's going to be times in games when guys get upset. Okay, in a 5-1 game, you get upset with somebody and it just happens. Okay, that's part of hockey. If you want to take emotion out of the game of hockey, then we can go play tiddlywinks and do whatever we want. But if there's going to be emotion in the game, there you've seen the kid. Does he play with emotion? The kid plays with emotion. That's part of his game. That'll happen from time to time. So I have no problem at all with him dropping the gloves, even though he's trying to get noticed. Listen, I tell my uh, my peewee boy when he's trying out for the for the for the peewee team out here in Woodbury as a first year peewee, get noticed, just get noticed, carry the puck around, out fight somebody in the corner and go to the net where all of a sudden your instructors have to look down at their sheet and go, who who is that? Who's guy? that kid? Yep. Who's that guy? Hundred percent. All right, so that's how I feel about that, and I don't want to talk for ten minutes about uh, fighting and and you know, I am I'm with you. I hate I can't stand stage fighting, but that situation I have no problem with. Uh, getting in, he was scuffling with Walker, and and we're down three nothing. Whatever, he was pissed off at him, and it had happened. Hey Wes, we're gonna see. You know the 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 roster is gonna get set on Monday, um, and we're gonna see twenty some odd guys that are going to initially be with the team. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the team that they want out there right away, um, just because of contracts and. Uh, rules and um, does that get at you a little bit, or is this just the reality of the world we live in? Like, what do you mean exactly, Pat? Like, like okay. obviously the Wild have some well, difficult there's, there's decisions. Be guys that, that they, they go want to keep up. That yeah, they should they go? Ready, should they, should know, they go with the older guys or the younger guys? Is that kind well, of what the, you mean, the guys or? that they have to go, that they you know because of. Because of a contract, right? Yeah. Because of a one-way and, you know, whatever. The, 
You yeah. Know, not that the player's not a good player, because every yeah. player up here is good, or else yeah. you wouldn't be here. Um, but you know, um, what what they what they might be thinking, man, this lineup would look good, but at this particular stage, we we just can't make that move. Yeah, We're like not- for instance, we we uh, picked up Rem Murray or not Rem Murray, uh, Rem, uh, Pitlick, Rem- Pitlick on. Uh, Right on, on waivers, so he's gonna. There's a good yeah. chance he's gonna stay here, right? Um, yep. Otherwise, he has to go back on waivers. A guy like Kyle Rowell's been around for a long time, so you're saying you give Beckman, Duhame, you know, those opportunities ahead of those guys. I mean, that's the team wants tough decisions to make. Right. Yeah, they we, do. Yeah. Um, I was a young guy early in my career, and I, I remember out playing guys that were older than me early in my career, and I was the one that got sent to the minors. Uh, because I was on a two-way deal, and uh, that's just sometimes the world you live in. Um, you just, as a player, you got to take care of your business. That is all. And I think though, these young kids like uh, Beckman and Duhame, and we haven't even listened. We haven't even talked about Marco Rossi and Boldy a whole lot. I mean, um, not at all, right? But to be honest with you, for for me, uh, you know, the coaching staff and managers have talked about giving guys opportunity if they come in here and take jobs. That, that's one thing to say. Now, it's going to be interesting to see if those guys get opportunity uh, opportunities uh, out of the gate. Pitlick's going to get an opportunity to play tonight. We'll see how he plays here tonight. I would be, I would have no problem at all sending Boldy, Rossi, Dewar, uh, Duham, send all of them down, Addison, and have those guys grow together for a half a year. How many times have we seen um, NHL teams that win Stanley Cups Go. Uh, these guys all played together in Milwaukee, like Nashville, or right, these right, all played right. together. They came up together through the system, mm-hmm. and to have them all play together and learn to win together, and Mark together, and grow together, and you know, the first year or two might be kind of guys up and down, things like that to fill spots. But having all the even Addison down there, running the power play, um, and getting him a, a little a few more games down there, that is a good thing. Yeah, and I think in my heart, guys, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel in my heart that's kind of Billy's ammo is to have those guys. I think he's been around a long time. He's seen, he's seen when you can put guys in the oven for a while and just let them bake for a while, like yeah. what the product looks like if you can just keep fighting that urge to bring these guys up. So there's a lot of good uh, options around here right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think too often we get, we get caught on opening day lineup when, when in fact, like we're going to yeah. see a lot of these guys throughout the year at some point. So they're going yeah. to, they're going to play with the Minnesota wild. Uh, let's talk about Kaprizov and I'm not going to talk about his contract, but obviously he had a great, rookie season uh what can you do for a follow-up encore here in year two what's the next step for Kirill Kaprizov just just more of the same (laughs) I mean uh I I, you know last year you know doing the broadcast guys I was so I wanted to compare him so much to Sidney Crosby I wanted to say it on the air but I I kept looking how many games he played he's played 35 40 games yeah and I'm like I cannot say it I can't say it I can't because in the offensive zone with his footwork, how he, you know, how he comes up with pucks and, and unbelievable hands. Like his game reminds me in the offensive zone so much of Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Um, I, now he's getting paid like Sidney Crosby. I think I'm going to start saying it a little <laughs> bit, but um, he's, I mean, how about our fans getting an opportunity to watch this guy for the next five years? We, we've come into the XL Energy Center for the, you know, for the 21 years here and, and always had maybe the best player on the ice wear our opponent's jersey. Now that's not the case. We got an absolute star. Um, And you heard some of the uh, sound. Uh, We had our preview show yesterday before the wild game aired. And you listen to some of the sound from uh, Marcus Foligno and and Jared Spurgeon talk about his leadership and and how he just wants to be better. Um, 
It's great. And and listen, Matt Zuccarello, Matt Zuccarello is not the player that Matt Zuccarello is without 97 too. So all of a sudden his game goes up another 30%. You know, his point, per game, his point per game total last year was the highest it's ever been in the NHL last year, 0.83. I just happened to look through the numbers there. So he had an amazing year. You've seen what, yeah. he, what Zuccarello did with Rick Nash when he was in uh, New York. He got him 40 goals. So yeah. the fact that those two guys are playing together, you've got Eric Snack, who I think is going to start there. I'm not sure exactly how that's going to unfold with that top line. Um, we'll see. He's going to be a straight-line player. I, I The one thing I do like is he's going to work his butt off in the offensive zone, and his long reach is going to is going to create so many loose pucks for those two guys with his long reach that I think we're going to spend – those two guys, uh, Zuccarello and Kaprizov, are going to spend more time in the offensive zone with Eric Snack on the ice. So a lot to look forward to, a lot to see how it's all going to play out. And uh, um, I, I'm just I, – I got to tell you, I'm just really excited. We got well, a fast. We got a fast team, and guys that are even going to go down to the minors. We got speed everywhere, man. It's fun to watch. And 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 another point, Wes. What I think ninety seven does. I think it motivates Fiala, because you huh. know I think Fiala wants to say, "Wait a second, there's another guy here that can that can light it up." And you know, and and I I think that's going to um, motivate him to be a better player and to want to be that guy and i i i think that uh you know that healthy competition is is terrific for a team you know one of the, one of the things i watch for you know is is you know after teams score goals when fiala and, and kaprizov are on the ice i watch how guys celebrate it's yeah. it's a body language thing to me that means a lot yep i watched kaprizov like after fiala scored a goal last year he would go over him and race over him and i'm talking about Kaprizov wasn't even in on the play and didn't get an assist. A lot of guys get really excited when they know they got an assist. Yeah. I watched Kaprizov not be involved in the play, and Fiala makes an unbelievable play and blows it over the goalie's shoulders. Who's the first guy racing across the ice on the power play? 97 to wrap his arms around him. Like Those things don't go unnoticed by the, the coaches. They don't go up noticed by the, by the players and the benches. And, you know, I, I do agree with you, Pat. I, I think uh, Kevin Fiala on a one-year deal, I mean – uh, he, it, in my opinion, I'm, I'm just telling. I'm going to go out on a limb right now. I think Kevin Fiala is going to score more goals this year than Kaprizov because I think Kevin Fiala is going to play against the five, five and six. Can you imagine having that guy on the third line? You've got him on the third line. He's going to match up against the five and six defensemen. Right. <clears throat> How the power play situation is going to unfold? You, you can see right now, Dean Evison went through practices and stuff. He's loaded up his top unit. Right. Okay. He's loaded up his top unit. I think the top unit this year. It's not going to be one minute for you, one minute for the for the second unit. Just because of uh, yeah. there's going to be uh, the more days off in between games, you can you can have these kids play. They're 24 years old. They can play 22, 23, 24 minutes now. Fiala's going to stay on the ice for a minute and 30 seconds on the power play with that unit together. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I really do think that Kevin Fiala is going to have a breakout year, and there's going to be some difficult decisions again. Billy, you got some time off right now because with contract negotiations with Kirill Kaprizov, but they could be sitting on your lap here again. I think he's going to have a great year. He's such a great player. My concern with Fiala, though, is who are you going to play with him, Wes? Yeah, well, that's you know, and that's why I brought up the power play minute thirty, right? Yeah. Um, listen, we saw what uh, we saw Kirill Kaprizov could do uh, last year playing with Victor Ask most of the season, who doesn't play at the same pace, you know, as right. Zuccarello and things like that. So. If you're a great player, you will figure out ways. And we don't, I don't know a whole lot about Freddie Goudreau. Um, we don't know who's going to get that opportunity on that second line, whether it's going to be Boldy or Beckman or, 
you know, just, uh, you know, um, uh, Pitlick, we don't know, he, you don't know yeah. who's going to be on that left side there too. So, but I, I do like the idea and there's a lot to be said for, for top skill guys, not playing against the best defenseman in the world, night in, night out. And that's what Kaprizov's going to, going to, uh, you can't really overlook that. Uh, we're talking with Wes Walls. Of course, he uh, does a Bally Sports North analyst work for the Minnesota Wild. Good to see you guys back on uh, television again last night after uh, missing the uh, first couple of preseason games. I want to talk about uh, where you're at with uh, Jordan Greenway. Obviously, last year I thought he had a great start to the season. You know, the first half of the year maybe kind of plateaued. Um, you know, maybe didn't emerge as, as much in the playoffs as we would have liked to have. Um, you know, he's kind of the one guy, Wes, or I'm not really sure what you're ever going to get from him. And from a consistency standpoint, at this stage of his career, where, where are you at in your thought process with uh, Jordan Greenway? I mean, I mean, Jordan is who who he is. He's he's a uh... He's a guy that's going to score eight to 15 goals a year, 15 if he gets some luck around the net. You know, um, uh, he, he just he still still needs more consistency to his game. He just really, really does. And it's been talked about for a long time. We, we know how he can skate. We, we've seen him uh, abuse guys in the offensive zone. Um, but are there other guys here that like can can Beckman? do similar things that Jordan Greenway could do. Can do him do similar things that Jordan Greenway can do and maybe finish a little bit more around the net. Like that goal that that Duhame scored yesterday. Can can yeah. he get 15 goals and you know bring speed and bring pace? And now if you're Jordan Greenway or if you're if you're Victor Rask or if you're Bukestad or Rao or Sturm, any of those guys, you're looking around right now and you're looking at what's going on. You have to be a fool to know what's not, you know, know what's going on. So, those guys, I, I'm telling you, Jordan Greenway and and uh, Bukestad and Sturm, those guys better be ready to play in Game One, and they better have a good night because if they don't, they're not, they're going to pull the trigger like that because uh, with with getting new guys in and out of the lineup, there's so much pressure to win in this league. Um, so, you know, Jordan's just got to make sure that he's ready to play there there every night. It needs to be more consistent. Same stuff we've been saying really for the last three or four years, guys. But at, at some point, you know, you because we look at Greenway and we say, okay, big body, can skate, can fly, can handle the puck, um, can manhandle people. Um, and, you know, it's like, okay, why isn't it happening? Why isn't it happening? Well, you know, you got to have the mental capacity capacity to want it, you know, to, to to have that drive. And, you know, I hope he finds it because if he does, then we can we can see a product. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it, everybody's everybody is built differently, I guess. Well, the, the mind is, you know, the the score <laughs> mentality thing is, is a is a weird thing. And uh like just look at Beckman, five, four, four goals or whatever in five games. He he knows where to be in the offensive zone. Yeah, yes. You're a player like that. I never saw you play, but I know what kind of numbers you put up. You don't put up numbers like that. Uh, you were never confused with uh, Kirill Kaprizov with your speed, Pat. So I knew yeah. that you know what you're doing in the offensive zone. Right. It's amazing how the pucks always pop out to you guys. That's it, yeah. and it doesn't happen by accident. And there's something to it, and. You know, you need guys that can finish. And listen, I was a guy that could skate around and look like I looked like I was doing a lot of things to it. But you need guys that that will fly under the radar. They get one power play chance at the end of the game on the second unit. Beckman, it's in the net. Tie ball game. That's it. You need guys like that. You really do. And uh, 
Um, so that's why it's so nice for this organization to have guys, different types of players, right? Duhame is a, is a speedster guy that can skate, play with energy. Beckman doesn't have the blazing speed, um, and, and but he's just a guy that's infectious and, and he can score. So those are different types of players, too, yeah. that are going to be able to be plugged in in different scenarios as the season goes on. All I know is, oh, go ahead. Brian. I was just say, all I know is with Beckman is we'll never hear we'll never hear the fans yell shoot with him because he's gonna, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's going to shoot. There's no there's yeah. no question about that. Well, the uh, other thing about Beckman too that I forgot to mention too, Brandon is is that second unit on the power play. You need someone who's who's going to finish yeah. that second unit. That might be something right. to look at down the road. He's a power play guy. Yeah. So sorry, I cut into your ask me another question there. But oh, I, I was I was going to move in a different direction. So yeah, uh, my, my final question for you, Wes. Uh, your prediction for where the wild will finish in the uh, central division. Well, I think everybody understands that Colorado is the class of the division. Um, Arizona is probably going to be, you know, looking up at everybody as the season goes on. But uh, so, I mean, I'm not going to really make any predictions, Brandon, the, the Minnesota wild are going to be in the mix. I mean, they're going to be, they have a great chance to finish second. In my opinion, I know a lot of people are picking Winnipeg. I, I'm still not sold on Winnipeg, to be honest with you. Um, a lot of, how the Wild do are going to depend, obviously, on injuries. Cam Talbot, for me, I know there was a lot of light um, shine on Kirill Kaprizov last year, and deservedly so. Cam Talbot was the MVP of our team last year. I, I think the way he played, he brought the stability, just brought a, a cement foundation to everybody in the locker room. If he can continue to, to – if Cam Talbot gets a 9.15 save percentage this year, I, I think we finish second in the, in, in the division. Um, I would not be shocked. I think it's better – I think it's probably a 50-50 chance that five teams come out of the Central this year just with what's going on in the Pacific and watching some of the preseason games Calgary looked. Whew, I watched a little of the Calgary game last night. I know they got scored a few late, but they look they look lost right now. So I don't know what's going to happen in the Pacific, but the Wild are going to be in the mix, and there's a good chance that they're going to finish in the top three, in my opinion. Wes, I have one more thing I want to I wanna, um, talk to you about. And and you can speak to this. Sounds serious, Pat. It sounds serious. It, 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 it is because um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to 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 when you played and when you guys made it to the Western Conference Finals. Blah blah blah. But but the team concept, right? Um, you guys knew that you weren't the most talented team in the league, but you had something in that locker room that was um, magical, where you believed in everybody, where you had each other's backs where you just, you know what, it was, you know, I, I, we're going to get this done together as a team. Now, I think Minnesota lost that at, at some points during, you know, uh, I don't know, the, the middle years after, you know, after you were gone. And watching them a year ago, and you brought it up with Kaprizov, going to hug a guy, even if he wasn't, in, you know, involved in the play. I mean, the the – it, it just looked like a team that was together, that wanted it together, that didn't care who scored the goals. Um, and just speak to that a little bit and what you saw and what difference you have seen in the last year compared to, you know, a few years back, let's call it. Those early years with the Wild, those early years with the Wild, not just the 03 run, but even those early years with the, the Wild, I had never – Pat, Brandon, I had never been in a locker room that really cared about each other uh, at the National Hockey League level like that. And I think a lot of it was just because we were all throwbacks and guys, you know, we saw what happened with Vegas. You know, it, it, that's what happens. You just you, you get that chip on your shoulder and people don't think I can play. I know I can play. We had a lot of that. 
Yeah. Um, you saw how we remember Richard Park scoring in overtime. I mean, it was an avalanche. The poor guy. I wasn't even sure if he was going to be able to play the next night. And I was trying to pull guys off of Richard Park just so we, right. so I had a winger the next night. <laughs> so, um, and that's how it was. Uh, and and um, I see the same thing. I, I I saw it last year for the first time in a long time. Where just there's like. You watched Kirill Kaprizov. We had a we had a camera on him on the bench. Someone, I think it was Bukestad, scored a goal last year to get, to make it a one goal game. I watched Kirill Kaprizov jump up and almost hit his head on the roof. Right, like those are those are things that just that mean so much to a team, and uh, um, I, I just see a lot more of it now. And uh, uh, you know, it translates out onto the ice in, in, in wins. So it's uh, I, I agree with you, Pat. I, I I see a lot more of it here now but uh but yeah it's 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 exciting to watch and uh we'll see what the wild can can bring to the table this year but it's uh, i do know this we were back in 03 people never gave us credit for how fast our team was we had one of the fastest teams in the nhl and we were much faster than the colorado avalanche even with all their hall of famers and i'm telling you team speed today <laughs> you need guys that can finish for sure too but you've got to you it's got it you got to your team has to play at a certain pace to have a chance to win championships and we might not have the skill level quite yet, but our teams are going to play very, very close to that pace that you're going to need. And that's what we did in 03. We had a fast team. And the other thing, too, is Billy Guerin knows what it's like. He played in in in, uh, in 95 with the New, Jer New Jersey Devils, okay? He knows what a team – they won a Stanley Cup with a very similar team that we had with a Wild. Okay, they had Billy Guerin on their team. going to go – it was a Hall of Famer, not not me or anybody else, but – he understands what it feels and like. And he knows. Yeah, that, that's what, and, those yeah. two guys are pretty good. Those two guys are pretty good. But he knows what it feels like to have to have like kind of be overmatched and play as a team, you know. And um, and Jock Lemaire was happened to be the head coach of that team too. And Dean Evison has done a great job of just allowing guys to grow together, be themselves. He lets them go in the offense offensively. Lets them, uh, you, you know, show their emotion. Holds them accountable and firm. We've seen it. I mean, he's bench Zach Parisi. Guys are like, so he's right. He, there's no fooling around with a guy, but he's fair and he lets you just be you. And, you know, it's, it's, we're in a good spot right now. Yes, yep. I lied to you. I got one more question for you. Yeah. You, you sent me down memory lane now to 2003. Uh, in my opinion, I know you've been at XL Energy Center for a lot of Minnesota Wild games. In my opinion, Richard Park scoring in overtime was the loudest I've ever heard that building. Would you agree in game six? Yeah, that was. You know, it's, it's hard. Uh, it's, I was still playing. Right. So you don't even hear that. Like, like when, when I, I remember turning in the, in the corner, I don't really, I, everything's a blur. You don't really hear the crowd as you guys know when you're playing. Um, but I, I remember some of those runs, uh, like even when Mikhail Granlin scored in overtime, Zucker scored in overtime in a playoff game. Right. I, I, remember the, I remember though, the, I remember being in the building, like up in the press box, like just almost startling how loud the building got. So, um, it's hard really to compare one to the other, to be honest with you. But, um, but I, I just remember, I do remember the avalanche that came from the, from our bench. And I was, like, I told you, I was just concerned that Richard Park wasn't going to be able to play in game seven. I'm going to get Matt Johnson and all those guys off, off of him. But, um, yeah, it was a uh, fun to reminisce on old times. Wes, always great to talk with you. Really appreciate your time. And, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Good to connect with you guys. We'll see you around the rink boys. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thanks, Wes Wall, Valley Sports North, former Minnesota Wild player. Pat, uh, I still remember when Richard Park scored that goal. There was somebody who had a sign behind the bench, and they showed up on the big screen and just said, "It just said, I'm having fun." And I thought it was one of the most brilliant signs I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I, 
that that it, it was uh just think how long ago that was i know too long ago 18 yeah, years ago but uh but no i you know wes is excited i i i think uh you know a lot of people brandon um after the moves they made and the and the lack of um that eichel type guy um to to bring in here uh you you knew that the organization had a plan right and now maybe they didn't get that number one center they were looking for, but you know, they knew I didn't know that Duhame, Beckman, DeWars, you know, guys like that, Rossi, Boldy, um, you, you, you don't know how they were going to, to play in camp. And, but you know, it, it, it's, it's really, really um, exciting to see that the organization does have some young, really good prospects. Uh, that can that can fill roles if if needed yeah we'll chat about that in a second but i want to let our listeners and our uh, viewers know about sodasick.com they sponsor beyond the pod you can go to sodasick.com get your original minnesota sports inspired goods if you haven't seen this stuff yet you got to check it out all their apparel is screen printed here in minnesota on super soft super comfy shirts you will love it and we're going to hook you up with 15 percent off your next order so use the code kfn for 15 percent off that is sodasick.com s-o-t-a-s-t-i-c-k Dot com original Minnesota sports and spare goods. Use the code KFAN for fifteen percent off your next order. Pat, I, I think the um, the young players is is kind of the interesting topic here right now with the Minnesota Wild. You know, it kind of seems like uh, as much as we love Marco Rossi and his future, that they're just they've they've got it set in their mind that he's going to start uh, in Iowa. Even uh, yep. Matt Bold, even Matt Boldy. Uh, you know, they keep putting him in with the with the big lineup. So I still think there's a shot that he could make the opening lineup, but. It's hard not to be impressed with uh, the way Duhame has looked. He had a great goal last night, just using yeah. his speed and uh, to score top shelf from that um, you know bad angle. And uh, you know Beckman's got four goals and he scored another one. Uh, and uh, you know, and West brought up the point that um, I think you know Beckman is not going to wow you in like transition type. You know, like going through the neutral zone, like he's that's not his style. But when you're set up in a power play situation or even like towards the end of the game where you're in a six and five situation and he's on the half wall, uh, he's a great weapon to have because one, he can shoot and two, he will shoot. You know, guys look pretty going through the neutral zone and we've seen guys who can skate like the wind and, you know, thank God there's um, an end board or else they would still be skating. Um, the guy flat out, take away any other part of his game. The guy flat out knows how to score. And it is, um, there's something to that. You just don't shoot and, and, you know, a lot of guys shoot and hope. He shoots and knows. Okay. And um, those guys are difficult to find. Um, and, you know, again, an, another point Wes brought up, your, your second power play unit, right? You just yeah. aren't going to throw a second power play unit to kill time. You're still on the power play. You expect them to score, and uh, if he can fill a void there, um, uh, it, 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 I tell you what, it, it's another weapon for him. And you know whether he starts here or not, we don't know. We're going to find out Monday, um, and and it, it, it's really going to be interesting because Wes is is, is right. Guys like Bukestead, guys like Sturm, you know, guys like Victor Rask, um, you know, now all of a sudden instead of knowing that you have that comfort level of, yeah, I'm going to be here. Who are they going to bring up? 
they got guys that are that are knocking at the door or maybe even a little bit better. Um, so they got to they got to be ready to play from the get go. Hopefully that's going to uh, motivate him and Jordan Greenway also. Yeah. Uh, the Wild claimed Rem Pitlick off of waivers. Obviously, uh, a great Gophers career for Rem. He's from here. He's from Minnesota. His dad, obviously, we're well aware of who he is. Um, you've seen a lot of Rem Pitlick yeah. at the University of Minnesota. Um, talk about his game and, and can it translate to the NHL? Well, lightning fast, um, really great hands, and loves to play the game. And a really, really good kid. You know, his father, Lance, uh, former gopher who played had a long NHL career. Here's what you look for. When you go from um, one level to the next level to the next level. Um, last year in Milwaukee, he was there. I think the, the, you know, most of the year um, he was, he was their leading scorer, I believe first or second. And so he continues to produce points. Um, I think he just needs a chance to play in a, in a regular situation. And, I, you know, he, 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 he's, um, I'm, I'm anxious, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, once he gets acclimated, what he can do, but boy, he's going to add speed. He's going to add skill. And you're always looking to add those two elements to your hockey team. So, um, it's going to give it, he's going to be given a good shot. So we'll see. Yeah. Pat, I found it interesting that Wes Walls brought up Matt Zuccarello. Cause I was planning on bringing up Zuccarello with you. Yeah. Uh, today he's got five assists through two preseason games obviously playing I'm assuming he'll be in the lineup tonight against Chicago a lot of the veterans will be you know it's amazing how things change in two years right Pat where he was you know two years ago did not have a good season he you know he had the had the when he had a shoulder thing didn't he I I, I forget at this point but you know people were people were doing the old why did Paul Fenton give this guy this contract they gave him a no move clause so now we are forced to keep him uh, in the expansion draft with Seattle and people are calling him a bust through one season last year he obviously you know came in a little healthier looked reinvigorated with uh, Kirill Kaprizov and so far through camp and through the first two preseason preseason games it looks great a lot of it sometimes Brandon is the system the coaching staff and I'm not taking a shot at Bruce Boudreaux or his staff um you played a certain style and you know you get put with certain players and whatever the case may be um he got new motivation, A, playing with Kaprizov, B, um, playing under Dean Evason and, and his style of play. He wanted more up-tempo. Um, he wanted, you know, allowed creativity. And and where Bruce, I think, more, uh, which surprises me, would more on the defensive side of things, whatever. Um, so I, I, I just think he... He got a new lease on life and he's loving playing and he's happy and, uh, and who wouldn't be happy, right? Get to go out every shift with 97. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that motivates them, that motivates a player. And so, uh, and he is healthy again. So, you know, we know he can pass the puck. Um, there's no, no doubt about that. And he plays hard and he plays with an edge. Uh, so, um, you know, let, uh, listen, I don't think anybody liked the contract. Uh, when, when, when he first signed it, you know, cause he's going to be 37 by the, you know, on a, on a no move deal at, at pretty, pretty, you know, good chunk of money, but you know what? Um, I guess you can't worry about that now. And he, he's playing great. So um, let's hope it continues. 
You know, Pat, throughout the years of the Minnesota Wild history, we've had players that we've brought in through free agency that we even spend money on that they come here and they don't put up as much offensively as they have in previous stops in their career. And, and, right. we can't, and we can't figure out why. And, you know, I've always talked about, you know, like Patrick Kane in Chicago, that whatever guy you put with him, they are going to score a bunch of points, probably right. ele- elevate their status and get paid. And they end up moving on somewhere else because just playing with him um, is going to make you better. And I, we have one of those players now in Kirill Kaprizov. Um, yes. I, you, you saw him elevate – and Matt Zuccarello is a good player, don't get me wrong. Yep. But he elevated Matt Zuccarello last year. He elevated Victor Rask. I'm, I'm worried about how Rask is going to look if he's not with, with Kaprizov, right? I mean, he, you know, Rask, right. at least, Rask looked like a competent, okay NHL player last year. And yep. if, he's, if he's not playing with Kaprizov, he might not look as good this year. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's nice to finally have one of those players on your team that oh. if we – Go get someone in for agency or by a trade. And I know it's a little bit trickier now with our salary caps to be the next four. But even with some of your younger guys coming up, right? If Rossi eventually makes it or Boldy makes it, or if if Beckman gets a look next to him, or you know, who's, who's ever playing center, like Jewel Erickson X, uh, we have a player that's going to be able to elevate those other players and, and increase their offense. Hey, listen, uh, anyone getting the chance to play in a line with Wayne Gretzky or Mario Lemieux, you or know, Pat I at the University of Minnesota. Hey, listen, I remember Kevin Stevens, right? Uh, you know, uh, uh, he's a big guy, skate, skated well, um, really good player, right? But um, I, I remember talking to him. He says, he said, Mick, I get the chance to play with Lemieux. You know, he was Lemieux's left wing. And he goes from, you know, 10, 15 goal guy to getting 40, 50 goals a season. Um, not, you know, not because he's playing with such a great player in Mario Lemieux, all he had to do, and he was, and Kevin was a smart player and, and a really good hockey player, obviously, but, you know, he just, man, you, you get that, um, you, you know, you get to play with someone like that. It can really elevate a, a, a person's game. All right. Let's talk about college hockey last weekend. Yep. Pat. Obviously um, the most impressive weekend I thought was uh, Minnesota state Mankato going out and sweeping, Massachusetts, one of the top teams in the country on the road. Um, not that you watched either of those games, but still uh, yeah. an impressive performance for Mankato. Really impressive. And, uh, you know, uh, when, when you have a goaltender like they do in, in Dryden McKay and, uh, you know, Nathan Smith, uh, a lot of people don't talk about him. We talked about him here. You know, might be one of the best players in the country um, this year, third-round pick of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, they're very good again. And they, you know, everyone wins a different way. Um, Mankato plays a, a, a pro style game, uh, a very smart game. They don't beat themselves and they're going to be really uh, a, a tough out this year. Great series this weekend where St. Yes. Cloud and, and Mankato meet up in, in Mankato this weekend. Um, it's early in the year. Both teams are going to be better in three months. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be um, uh, a terrific, terrific series. And I know you saw St. Cloud last Saturday because you were yep. broadcasting their uh, game uh, against uh, St. Thomas, playing their first ever Division One game. Uh, not a good introduction for the Tommies uh, wow. into uh, NCAA hockey, losing 12-2. But uh, the Tommies, at least a little bit more competitive Sunday at XL Energy Center, losing 2 nothing. Listen, it, 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 you know, the, the, the score of the game was not indicative of the game. Um, I obviously, 
you know, everyone's nervous in their first game, both teams. Um, but St. Thomas got in, in penalty trouble. I think they had five penalties in, in the first period. They played on an Olympic size rink. I'm not making excuses for the Tommies. Um, they can skate. Um, you know, obviously they don't have the depth of some of the, of a team that returned 23 of 27 and played in the national championship game a year ago. Yeah. Um, they've got good goaltending and Peter Tomey who um, played half the game on that night, gave up six goals. Not one was his fault. Uh, he was great the next night. Um, they, they will build a program. And, you know, I even, even before the game, uh, I, I talked to, um, to Rico Blase. I said, you know what, you know, I said, in a couple of years, you're going to look back at this game and, and just laugh, you know, and this was before the game. He says, I know, you know, I know. Uh, Cause I asked him what, what, what are the expectations, you know, for this season? What do you think? He said, we just want to get better every day, Mick. We just want to get better and create a culture and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and they fought back the next night. They're, listen, they're not going to lose every game in the CCHA this year. I can guarantee you that they have, they have some kids who can play and, um, it, it would, you know what? Bottom line, Brandon, we got another Division One team in the state of Minnesota that um, people will be talking about in a couple of years. And we uh, didn't get to see the Gophers this past weekend. Their no. series against Alaska postponed, I think, moved to like January. So uh, the Gophers yep. will debut this weekend against Mercyhurst. I'm expecting a very thorough scouting report on Mercyhurst from you, Pat. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I don't know much <laughs> about them. They are, you know, they're they're uh, in the Atlantic League. Um, they will probably not be a great opponent for Minnesota this weekend. Um, but listen, um, uh, Minnesota is, um, is loaded. Okay. Um, I talked to Bob Motsko the other day and he says, Mick, I've got three power plays and his biggest problem, Michigan's biggest problem. Some of the teams that have these high enders, um, is is keeping everybody happy because mm -hmm. not everyone can play in the power play. Not everyone can play a you know penalty kill. Not everyone is going to be out there at the end of the game. Um, so it you know it's, it, for some of these teams managing their players, which is a big part of winning and losing, Brandon, yes. as you know, um, is is going to be uh, is going to be imperative. So you know, again, I, I'll say it over and over. To me there's about 10 to 12 teams that could win it this year um, based on, you know, the number of guys coming back, um, the younger guys coming in. Uh, so it, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a terrific year. Pat, our final episode of beyond the pod for this season will be next week. And then I will talk to you uh, on wild fan line after the wilds home opener, I believe 12 days from now. I look forward to it, Brandon. We're going to have a, we're going to have a great year uh, with that also. And, um, I should point out also that I will be joining the Big Ten Network this season also nice. in uh, in a capacity. So uh, looking forward to that. Not that my schedule's busy enough, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's what we love to do, and it's, uh, it's going to be a great season. Well, congratulations. Thank look you. For, look forward to hearing your analysis. Thank you. All right. He's Pat McLeody. I'm Brandon Molesky. This has been another episode of Beyond the Pod. We'll talk to you for one final time next week. Like I said, Beyond the Pod is brought to you by SodaStick.com. Get 15% off by using the code KFAN on your next order. We'll talk to you next week on Beyond the Pod. Bye.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.